Hi! Welcome to The Tita Project, a podcast with Din and Tita K, where we talk about the curiosities and concerns of the titas of today. This is where we figure things out one chica at a time. Let's more than just survive, let's thrive. Don't forget to share us with your friends. Hello everyone, I'm Tin. I'm Tita K. It's the holiday season! What better way to welcome Christmas and the new year with plenty of cheer? We're talking Santa Ana gin, guys. Have you heard of it? Have you tried it? We were immediately intrigued the first time we saw the bottle. And all the more when we found out that it has a Philippine flavor, the botanicals inspired by our country's rich foliage. Ilang-ilang, alpinia, calamansi, and dalandan. It truly is a luscious gin, hearing and seeing it palang, as in, so much more when you smell and taste. Pang gift to self and, sige na nga, gift to others. <laughs> so let's get to know more about this beautiful gin created as an homage to the dance hall days of 1920s Manila and its crown jewel, the legendary Santa Ana Cabaret. So, shall we go MFO? Game, let's start. We have with us today Aaron Goodall, the brand ambassador for Santa Ana Gin. Half Australian and half Filipino, Aaron started in the food and beverage industry over seven years ago as a bartender in Singapore. He fell in love with the growing F&B industry in the Philippines and moved to Manila three years ago. Also here with us today is Monica Llamas Garcia, a prominent woman in the local cocktail and liquor scene as she is a co-founder for Santa Ana Gin as well as Don Papa Rum. She is a wife and mom of two. Hi, Mon. Hi, Aaron. Woohoo! Welcome to the show, guys. Hello. Hi, guys. Well, thank you for having us. Oh, thank you for making time. <laughs> I was going to say... Si Aaron, ano yan, half Australian, half Filipino. Ako sabi, ano ko, half sane, half insane. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Balanced. <laughs> yeah, balance. <laughs> so happy you could join us today, Aaron and Mon. We always start with an origin story. What inspired you to come up with Santa Ana Gin? Were you like listening to music or going through old videos of Manila in the 1920s and then decided to come up with a gin? And why a gin? Why a gin? Well, gin really is pretty much what you could say. It's it's really on top of a lot of people's choices uh, globally, no? In terms of uh, spirits trends, and you know, uh, people uh, love gin, and and it's a it's really a the offerings are really wide. We thought, and and the thing is, the question is, why even enter to the gin category to begin with, right? But then we saw the opportunity again. I mean, like uh, when we when we started uh, Don Papa, we saw that there was an opportunity for a premium Philippine rum brand. Same with uh, Santa Ana. We saw that you know there could always be room for one more gin, and it really went to the idea that um, we could offer uh, something new with a taste profile, okay? So most gins, uh, well, gins, of course, you know, it's called a gin if you have juniper in it. So it's like a, it's a neutral uh, spirit, neutral alcohol. And then when you add juniper to it, and then everybody then adds all of the the different botanicals. And and Aaron will 
speak more about this. You know, he, he's the expert um, on this. But um, we saw the opportunity to add a, a Filipino flavor to it by the kind of botanicals we could add to it, okay? Now, in terms of, you know, so that's with the product. Now, um, you know, we were storytellers here. We, we love a good yarn, a good... Uh, a good brand story. And for Santa Ana, we kind of like dug into, you know, dug into history, Philippine, well, history as well, look, look in, looked into the history books and, you know, we, we kind of looked into the, the time when gin had its first, had its boom, right? The heydays of 1920s. And so instead of looking, though, at, you know, what would be traditionally 1920s in America, et cetera, et cetera, we wanted to look at how it was and get inspiration in the 1920s um, here in Manila. You know, that was actually like what they would say is the golden age of Manila, right? We were, it was at the height of when the Americans were occupying us and it was just all about jazz bands, big cars and, you know, good times. Yeah, and we were really the pearl of the Orient, right? We were the pearl of the Orient. And um, what was big then was uh, this cabaret. I mean, because that's where people would go. Like, you know, we go to bars now or we used to go to discos and stuff like that. Um, Then the, the place to be was this place called Santa Ana Cabaret, which was at that time the largest cabaret that you could find. And... We just saw that that kind of like that that was a very like um, inspiring uh, scene, and that was also the time when Art Deco really began to flourish in Metro Manila. Okay, and unfortunately, a lot of that got destroyed during the war, and whatever is still standing now is you know kind of like neglected. But it just kind of like harkened to that time where Manila was just really booming there was a lot of positivity and we wanted to be able to capture that in a bottle lovely lovely yeah so that's that would be like the long-winded origin story of how you kind of like put these two together like a a gin that is inspired by uh filipino uh you know adding filipino botanicals and then also adding a story another philippine story that then people can just explore for themselves okay and then also adding the aspect of art deco putting it all together in a lovely package it's really lovely yeah i think what also we thought about was like well if there was when we were thinking about perfume and uh, we were thinking of like one of the key ingredients of chanel number five is ilang ilang So we kind of said, okay, what would be like the Philippine version of a Chanel number no. five? And or if Chanel number no. five were placed, if we're Ch- if Chanel were placed in a bottle, what would it be? And an an alcoholic spirit. But that's that's just all all of those little bits and pieces put together, and you know we have and here we have Santa Ana gin. Fantastic, and I love that you say. That Santa Ana Gin is a love letter to 1920s Manila. Ooh, just makes my hair stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything to add, Aaron? Yeah, I think uh, Monica's covered most of the points there. But uh, 
maybe one element that we we sort of built out from there as well was this idea of of music. So exactly like Monica is saying with the cabarets and sort of this height of opulence here in the Philippines and particularly Manila, there was these wonderful swing bands that went along with it, like Vic Hernandez and the Swing Sational. So when it got to that stage of creating Santa Ana, music has also played quite a large part for ourselves um, in, in adding an extra dimension or something else, whether it's you, you, you get to see the bottle, you get to smell the product, taste the product, touch the bottle, but you also get this sort of audio sensation for it as well. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it. Fantastic. When you say 1920s, would that be the time of our grandmothers and grandfathers? Or no? Baka great-grandmother. No? Baka our grandparents, no? Well, my, my grandparents. I mean, my grandmother for sure because they did talk about Santa Ana Cabaret. Uh, I mean, they, they told me about it. So, um, But it really depends how old your grandmothers are because mine was pretty <laughs> old. I mean, my grandmother, uh, that was the time she was partying. So... <laughs> Yeah, the Santa Ana Cabaret was their version of Tugs, Tugs, Tugs. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so it is a Philippines-inspired gin, but it's distilled and bottled in the Charente region in France. So, Charles, can you share with our listeners why you've decided to have it made in France? Sure thing. I mean, with Santa Ana gin, uh, its backbone is created with these wonderfully aromatic yet delicate Philippine botanicals. Uh, if we were to use traditional distilling techniques in a pot still or a column still, the temperatures take place at quite a high range. So this is like around 80 degrees Celsius. And this sort of affects the flavors that we get from our botanicals. So with Santa Ana Gin, we found this sort of next level scientific style out in France known as partial vacuum distilling where they'll take some of the pressure from the inside of the still during uh, distillation. So that's why it's got that name, partial vacuum. Um, and this allows for a lower alcohol boiling point. So instead of 80 degrees, we can distill Santa Ana gin at closer to 50 degrees Celsius. And we found that with this temperature then, these perfume-like qualities of our botanicals weren't damaged by the heat and sort of strengthened as as this distilling process went on yeah at the moment here here in the philippines this technology is not really available it is on a smaller scale but to to sort of have the large-scale production for santa ana gin we wouldn't be able to attain it here at this point in time uh, maybe in the future though if this technology becomes available out here we'll we'll look to make santa ana gin a purely philippine product in terms of uh, distilling. Let's talk about the bottle. The color, the brand identity, it's a beauty. Can you walk us through the design process? I do see the art deco there, definitely. Yeah, well, um, going back to what I said earlier about, you know, ilang-ilang um, is a key ingredient of Chanel Number no. 5. And Chanel Number no. 5 is this, you know, classic... Um, classic perfume in a classic bottle. So that was also kind of like the inspiration for the bottle. And like, you know, um, we did know we were producing a very fragrant, uh, floral smelling gin. And so 
um, we just thought that there was inspiration from that. And so that was really the, uh, that was what kind of like informed the design process. Uh, creating a bottle that's almost like a perfume bottle, right? I mean, if you look at it, it's like you want to open the cork and then dab it on your on your wrists, right? <laughs> Although you might, I mean, honestly, I've actually done that myself with with uh, Santana. <laughs> Who says I didn't do yeah. that? <laughs> you know, I mean, so it, I, that's that's pretty much it. You know, like we we have a great we have a great. Uh, partner uh who have been designing our labels and our packaging and well we have to say it's the, it does start with a brief and we give them the story we give them you know what inspired us and then um we allow them we allow their creative juices to kind of flow and like think of all the elements you know um that would be then encapsulated in a bottle. We tell them, we give them idea, we give them um, visualization of like, what is a tropical cabaret? Wow. You know? And then if you think about it, like we, you know, uh, we were saying, well, what if this was a cabaret that was happening in the middle of the jungle, you know? And yeah, uh, if it was in a lush forest and, you know, you, you peek through, you peek through gilded cages, and what do you see? Fantastic, right? J Lo, si J Lo na sa gubat. Si J. Well, these were like images, right? We we were also we wanted to give. Um, we weren't very. We didn't want to be too prescriptive. You know, you want to be able to just give the right cue, the right cues to your to the creatives and then let them also kind of create the world and, you know, explore the world for themselves and, and put it on paper. But that's pretty much how we kind of imagined it. It's, it's, um, it's so nakakakilig. It's like it makes my hair stand when we talk about inspiration and the design process and like how from, how from perfume bottles, there's like a spark of magic, right? That, that, that influences you. And now from this beautiful bottle, which is like so inspiring, I'm sure it will inspire like other people in their, you know, own walks of life. Uh, it's so obvious that so much thought was put into creating this. How long did it take to come up with Santa Ana Gin from like ideation to final product? It had been percolating for some time. I would probably say, oh, off and on three, four years. Um, but yeah, so, you know, sometimes it also takes time. It, it, it you know, and then um, had several things on the drawing board. Also making sure to get the right liquid mm-hmm. before really going full blast with, you know, the packaging. I mean, I, at first it really started with the liquid, you know. Did we have did we have the liquid that would have people say, "Aha, you have something here," you know? So um, yeah, it took you know. I would say, you know, it's been three. You know, I've, with the pandemic, my timelines have already like been have <laughs> kind of melted into you know. It's like, has it been three? Has it been four? Has it even been two? Like, yeah, like somebody yeah, had to remind me, uh, we're already on year two. I'm like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> oh, really? So, no, yeah, no, year two of the pandemic. The pandemic so I'm just like, yeah. oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, but I think Aaron wanted to add something to this as well. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I wasn't I wasn't with the company during some of this uh, earlier ideation phases for Santana Gin, but um, I may have been secretly invited to try Santana Gin along its R and D phase. Yes. And it was really interesting. Yeah, it was a great experience to sort of see uh, whether it's just sometimes a subtle change between these sort of uh, test batches that we were trying to sometimes big changes just by adjusting the ratios of the botanicals that we were using or, or whatever it might have been. And even, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, settling on that French distillation technique. Uh, yeah, it was, it was super interesting to sort of see this, this seed grow and uh, the brand take shape. Interesting. That R&D phase must have been, I wouldn't say fun, but yeah, I guess fun, right? It's like nights and nights and of trying one uh, concoction after another. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, yes. <laughs> Did you get like sloppy drunk during one of the R&D? Is it part of the job? Oh, you know, that's Aaron's, like that's already, that's part of Aaron's uh, job description, you know? <laughs> try this and this and then this. He does have to try, but you know. Sometimes I'm like, oh, you're going to try. I'm like, oh, I can already feel the headache. No, but he's very disciplined. Yeah. <laughs> nice. The fun, is, the fun part is when we do R&D for the cocktails. That was fun. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good fun. It's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, it's so tough. So we know Santa Ana has launched both in the Philippines and France. And I'm pretty sure so many Pinoy's based abroad would love to have this in their home bars. Are you looking at launching it in other countries or having it in duty-free shops? The short answer to that is yes. Uh, and there are already some countries in the pipeline who will be uh, taking Santa Ana on. But that's, uh, that's something that we just kind of want to keep first in our back pocket. But the, yeah, the interesting thing is it uh, actually just launched in France two nights ago. Two nights ago, right, Aaron? Yeah, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday morning for us. Yeah, Monday night for friends. Congratulations! Really exciting. Um, we 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 also told ourselves that we really want to take this nice and and steady how we bring it to market. So, but but we're just really thrilled that other markets are you know open to like taking us on as well now to be on duty free yeah i mean definitely and honestly once duty free opens up and picks up uh here in the philippines and in other parts of the world yeah we'll definitely love to have santa ana there fantastic okay this one's for aaron could you explain to us well i'm not a gin drinker but I am now. <laughs> Could you explain to us the difference between New Western gins and London dry gins? Is the New Western like what third wave coffee is to gins? Yeah. Um, well, back at the start of, of the spirit that is now known as gin, there was this time in England when the laws to distilling were, were very loose and everybody could sort of apply to become a gin producer and from there, everything uh, very quickly got out of hand, leading this time to be known as the gin craze. To end this, new sets of rules to become a gin distiller and what was allowed to be used as ingredients or botanicals came into effect. 
And this was sort of the early days of what we now know as the London dry style. So London dry gins don't actually have to be distilled in London, but they do have to follow a certain set of rules to be classified as such. Uh, probably the big, the big one would be that the gin has to be juniper and lemon forward in flavor. And nothing apart from water can sort of be added outside of the distilling process. So if we move forward to the new Western gin style, uh, this segment has really taken shape over the last 20 years or so. If I'm not mistaken, the term itself was coined by the original creators of aviation gin um, before Mr. Ryan Reynolds got involved, <laughs> um, where they wanted to create a name for the segment for their gin to fit into. And these gins have some other profile notes to them outside of lemon and juniper, uh, but they could also have some elements added after distillation. So probably most famously, you've got like Hendrix gin with their rose and cucumber essential oils added after distillation. Right, right. So yes, in a way, it is kind of like third wave with coffee um, in that with new techniques or new botanicals, we're evolving how gin is perceived and what we can do with it. Interesting. I'm so excited to go out and socialize with this new information. <laughs> it's like I know my stuff already. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. My pleasure. Speaking of botanicals, how did you end up with having the Philippine Four in there? Ilang Ilang, Alpina, Calamansi, and Delandan. Like, why not Sampaguita or Guava? Uh, so yeah, it was it was during this this R and D phase that we were we were examining different botanicals that we could include as well. So outside of um, outside of your your sort of traditional botanicals, there were some interesting ones from the Philippines. Um, some of those more bitter roots as well that get involved in in creating gins but once we once we had that flavor from ilang ilang we sort of knew right away that that was the that was the note to build around um whereas sampaguita is a lot more subtle in in its notes and right, its right. taste as well and then looking at say a traditional gin uh these citrus notes are quite popular. So along with our Philippine Four, mm -hmm. we do have some bitter orange as well uh, in, in Santa Ana gin. So citrus fruits are quite popular with, with your gin botanicals. Um, I haven't tried guava actually uh, in, in sort of gin distilling. That'd be something interesting to look at, I think. Right. Um, what we just wanted to also like keep it you know, simple as well. You know, um, you know, after, for us, you know, the, we felt like with these, it was a nice balance. And then you also had a very clear um, flavor and aroma uh, when you take Santana. And then it, and then it kind of lodges in your, in your mind, right? And then that, that, then you have like a sensory recall. Yeah, plus if we put too many Philippine botanicals straight away, might uh, limit what we can do in the future. Maybe we'll maybe we will do a, a sampaguita and guava gin in the future. We'll see. That is true. <laughs> As we say, abangan ang susunod na kabanata in in English. Let us wait for the next chapter. <laughs> we understand that you work with a local farm. 
cool to supply the botanicals for Santa Ana Gin. How did that come about? Um, you know, sometimes it's all about asking around. <laughs> you know, I think it, it always started with like conversations. You know, what if, um, what if we do this, and what if we do that, and and it's also like, uh, you know, R and D. Our R&D process also starts when you're chatting with people, conversations that you have, you know, social situations, and you have uh, people who then introduced us to the one who runs this farm. Uh, it's called Iba Botanicals in Zambales. And it, it kind of just kind of like was like a confluence of, well, we have this idea, and oh, you know, this is where we could source our ilang-ilang from. And... I think also what we wanted was to be able to like uh, work with a partner that had certain uh, standards as well when they uh, how they treat their product. No, so this particular uh, farm is not was was also looking at to the quality not only of their product but to the quality of life of the people who work in their farm. And, you know, they have sustainability goals as well, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, um, and, and they really were all about quality. No? And also looking at who to partner with. And then, it, like I said, it's a confluence of, of uh, different ideas, different conversations, and then connecting the dots. And that's how it came to be. And that's how it came about, sorry. Okay, so with the holidays coming up, Santa Ana Gin is perfect for holiday drinking, gifting, virtual inuman. It's a party in a bottle. What's your favorite way of drinking it? Do you want to start this one, Monica? Okay, well, Aaron <laughs> makes this fantastic. I was gonna this fantastic uh, pomelo spritz. Oh, and I, I, I always have to resist like being in the office. Every uh, every time in the office and resist say uh, uh, asking Aaron. So Aaron, do you think you can whip me up a pomelo spritz because it's just so refreshing. It's just and I love it. So um, it must be hard to go to the office right with all of these fantastic drinks are there. Hey Monica, I want to try this pomelo spritz. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're I lit yeah I literally I literally turn my back on it. Oh, but it's <laughs> yeah. for R and D. It's for product knowledge. No, I'm just saying I have to turn my back to it just so that so that I can resist it. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd never, I'd never get, uh, I'd never get work done if I uh, if I was making drinks for everybody all day uh, as well. I think. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully next year though we can do more more in line of like a cocktail Fridays in the office and and we can invite people around to to try some cool new stuff as well. So no office. <laughs> <laughs> so pomelo spritz like monica's saying yeah that's definitely one of my favorite ways to to drink the santa ana gin um so for that uh, i was inspired by of course the classic gin palm of the philippines uh but decided to give it a, a slightly modern twist and, and lighten it a little bit with some soda water so you've got pomelo juice the santa ana gin and some soda water to create this really sort of all day drinker if you'd like so you could have it for brunches you can have it in the afternoon or in the evening uh, that it, it fits uh, numerous occasions um, but I guess with the holidays as well it's sort of this time to celebrate whether it's 
seeing family over the holidays or, or ringing in the new year as well. So for Santa Ana Gin, we have this wonderful twist on a classic cocktail called the French 75, where we take our Santa Ana Gin, some lemon juice, a little bit of sugar as well. You sort of shake that uh, and pour it into a champagne flute and then top it up with a little bit of champagne as well. So this sort of really fancy, fancy, yeah, sort of opulent, decadent, uh, refreshing cocktail. So that's that's probably my favorite way for for drinking during the holidays. Um, if people are interested, we do have a couple cocktail recipes uh, up on our website on SantaAnnaGin.com. Uh, they can learn. I think we've got the martini up there as well, uh, as well as the Santa Ana Gin and Tonic. Cool, super cool. Um, what, okay, for day drinkers or for new drinkers or for daily drinkers, rather, <laughs> <laughs> what herbs and spices would be great to add to a basic gin and tonic? What should we have? What staples should we have in our homes? Personally, I think uh, with such an aromatic and flavorful gin like Santa Ana, you don't have to go too overboard with your herbs and spices to create a delicious gin and tonic. Uh, myself, I like adding an orange twist. So that ties in nicely with the citrus notes of the calamansi and the dalandan. Um, and maybe just like a small pinch of juniper berries and an orchid to make it look great. Um, an orchid? Oh my goodness, yeah. let's go over to yeah. the neighbor's yard. Exactly. <laughs> like an orchid. <laughs> <laughs> sort of adds this pop of freshness and color to to the cocktail to the gin and tonic um but what we've seen as well with sort of uh, as monica was mentioning with these new gin brands is we're also seeing sort of the rise in in tonic culture so you can find quite a diverse range of tonics to now play around with as well so i prefer to keep the garnishes the herbs and spices a little bit lighter and then just experiment with different tonics to see sort of which profile you like the best tonic culture wow interesting something new to yeah. explore as well Whoa, learning something new every day definitely so tell us where is santa ana gin available and where can we buy it online okay well um aaron mentioned uh our website santaanagin.com so you can actually buy directly from the website we're also on boozy um and we are in a few retail shops as well. But online, you, know, you can go straight to our website. Yeah, it's sort of a one-stop shop for, for Santa Ana. You can learn some cocktail recipes. You can buy some bottles, uh, learn a little bit about the botanicals that we use as well. So definitely check out santanagin.com. Fantastic. Wow, Mon and Aaron, thank you so much for making time for the Titas <laughs> this evening. Any last words for our listeners to get them to try and enjoy Santa Ana Gin and support local farmers and businesses as well? Wow, well, you know, um, Santa Ana, I would say like, you know, the festive season is, is well, I wouldn't say upon us, has already begun last uh, September, right? Um, and if you haven't tried it yet, we do, we would love to, um, invite you to expand your taste profile and sense and, and, you know, open up your senses to the tropical cabaret 
experience of Santa Ana with its flavor. It's very, it's very, it really lends itself to celebrations, you know. And uh, and so for for our for your listeners, for the listeners now, grab a bottle, have a taste, enjoy it with your friends responsibly and also in a COVID safe environment. Um, and and yes, I mean like we really. We we have to be thank we're very thankful to all the people out there who you know always look support local brands. If it wasn't for supporting local brands, you know, we wouldn't be here. So we're very thankful for them. And yeah, I think it's it's I, I wanna thank you guys as well for bringing us to light, so to speak. And having these conversations because having these conversations are the ones that actually let you get to know the brand more, right? And uh, let you know a little bit of the of the story, and then that allows it allows the listener to like be the one to decide to discover more. I think that's really the mindset of a lot of consumers nowadays. It's like, okay, tell me a little bit, and then. I want to discover more and I want to also make it my own, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and honestly, we're just happy that there are parts of what we do also give back or help even in a very uh, indirect way, you know? So that's the whole idea. Try to also be, get, get as many people, you know, involved even indirectly in your, in your ventures, so to speak. Yeah, for myself, I just want to say thank you for, for having us uh, today. And um, yeah, we've got a lot to be proud of here in the Philippines. Um, as you kindly mentioned at the beginning of the segment, me moving back here uh, was actually inspired by a lot of what was going on in terms of uh, the local restaurant scene or bar scene, these wonderful products that we have. And as we've seen even though the pandemic has happened, what it's sort of done is brought us all closer together. We're seeing a lot more local produce now, these wonderful small farms, um, creating amazing local produce. So even though it's been tough, not being able to see friends or go visit your favorite bars or restaurants, I think, yeah, we've, we've got that light at the end of the tunnel now. And yeah, with this holiday season coming up, it's a great sort of time to celebrate. Um, and as Mon said, uh, responsibly a little bit and uh, in COVID safe environments, of course. No, I just wanted to say that, you know, I think Santa Ana will be a great, you know, pasalubong or gift to to friends because I have friends from like from grad school and they're like from abroad and I give them Don Papa. So next time I'm going to give them Santa Ana. Na. Well, you can give them Don Papa and Santa Ana. <laughs> and pwede rin, both. <laughs> and they love it. There's they no love harm Don in Papa. doing that. But yeah, thank you. I mean, you know, I think we're also happy that we have something that is also very has been has been created so that it also looks great for gifting. Um, and but you know, you can gift it, but at the same time, it's like, hey, you can drink it, you can actually enjoy it. You know, some people they give something, but in the end, it just gathers dust because it uh, people don't actually enjoy what it had been gifted. You know, so. <laughs> Right, right. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. So everyone listening, it is, again, www.santaanagin.com. And on Instagram, they are at 
Santa Ana Gin. Mon, Aaron, thank you so, so much. Yeah, thank you guys for having us. This is really fun. It's been a pleasure, yeah. MFO. MFO, cheers. Cheers, cheers. We're drinking during the interview. Drinking on the job. Yeah, it's part of product knowledge. You know, it's part of our research. I'm so proud of them. What a what a lovely product. What an awesome brand story. And um, I really, really liked what Monica said. It always starts with conversations, right? The mm. power of Chica. Yes, the power of Chica. And I also super appreciated what Aaron said. We have got, we've got a lot to be proud of in the Philippines, right? Such a lovely, lovely product. Something really to be proud of. Yeah, and when I first saw the bottle, I didn't even get it right away that it was Filipino. Because it looks so fancy and beautiful. And I was really intrigued na eh, from the beginning. Parang, what is this? Because there's a lot of gin brands out there, diba? Sunod sunod they're launching. So I was like really pleased when I found out it was proudly Pinoy, diba? And I'm also so fascinated. I get super kileg with um, design and the process behind it and their inspirations, mm -hmm. right? I mean, look at this bottle. It looks like. It has been inspired by so many things. And not just that. In turn, it will inspire so many other people in whatever else they're doing. Yeah, it's, it's like a legacy product. It's a classic, iconic, iconic bottle. I think it's time. <laughs> I think it's about time we fix ourselves a drink. <laughs> hey, listeners, how about you guys? Join us na. You can use the code TITA PROJECT to get 15% off on Santa Ana Gin at www.santaanagin.com. Promo code is valid until December 31, 2021. But wait, there's more. <laughs> One of you lucky listeners will also get to enjoy a bottle of Santa Ana gin. You can drink it over the holidays. Nah, fun, right? Fun, super fun. Just answer the question. How are you going to enjoy your bottle of Santa Ana gin? Answer that on our Tita Project podcast Instagram. Make it descriptive, ha? So that we'd want to enjoy it wherever we are now. Also, make sure to follow us at Tita Project Podcast and at Santa Ana Gin on Instagram as well. Wait for us to post it and share your answer. Sounds good? Sounds great to me. Thank you for hanging out with us. Let's do this again next time. Don't forget to follow the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This has been the Tita Project with Tin and Tita K. Let's Chica soon.